Tonight's episode is brought to you by Click Gaming, a freelance esports tournament company based out of Oklahoma. If you're located in the U.S. and need esports services, this is the ultimate gaming company for you. Contact Johnny Weaver at icychiller at att.net. That's I-C-Y-C-H-I-L-L-E-R. Tonight on the Delirious Dads Gaming Podcast. You're nothing but a shell of a man. Gadgets for your next sports outing. Zombies, Pomeranians, and buffets. And now, the Delirious Dads Gaming Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It's the Delirious Dads Gaming Podcast, episode 69. You never say good night. Bugs me every time. Why would I say good night? Because people might be listening at night, and I feel like you're disrespecting them. So you're saying saying they're laying there, dreaming about Delirious Dads, wearing their earbuds. Just chilling, relaxing before bed. Put some respect on my name. You never heard of people listening to podcasts before they go to sleep? Yeah. No. Plenty this is the perfect do. one to listen to before you go to sleep. While you're sleeping. Calms the nerves. Calms With the my nerves. my monotone voice. You'll wake right. up better at gaming and dating. It's automatic. I mean, it's locked in. You wake up with a new lease on life. And yeah. uh, Ryan's got a new lease on life, don't you, Ryan? I don't know. Do I? Yes, you do. What you is made that it, new lease? You, you made it another day. That's the new oh, lease. Man. Yeah. Each That's day true. you wake up, yeah. it's the new lease. Yeah. Yep. So and specifically, got... I do. Yeah, specifically. And specifically, we have the blonde-haired, blue-eyed, warehouse-working, <laughs> winking. If you, if you can see, yeah, if you're listening to the podcast, I gave a good smolder there. He did. You're welcome. Did. It yeah. was a good smolder. Like, I started sweating a little bit. I don't know if you can see it. <laughs> <me now. Hey. laughs> I thought it was the heat coming off my PC there for a second. Uh. But, uh, <laughs> but yes, that's wow. Hunter Venable, a.k.a. Good. the hunt dog. Good to be here. The huntsman. The Huntsman. He missed last week because he had a heat stroke, but he's back <laughs> better than ever. Partial, but Partial. I've, I've acclimated to the heat, so I'm doing better. That's good. That's good. Well, we're glad to have you tonight, Hunter. It's almost like you're a special guest this week. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I haven't been on in like four weeks. So, right. <laughs> so we're handing the news to Ryan tonight because, you know, I'm sick of it. <laughs> You can't be sick of the news. It's what's new, you know? That's right. where news comes from. Right. Comes news. From. He's comes not from. sick of it. He just hands it over so we don't start feeling like he's just the, right. you know, I don't, I don't, I don't need a jaded co-host, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay, I, need, I get it. I need everybody yeah. to feel included. Um, yeah. And then I'm taking up Hunter's territory because we're going to do a little gaming quiz. Is it hey, real hey. or is it fake? One of nice. Right. Yeah. Oh. I love the yeah. name of the game. Yeah, Real you, um, I'm really thinking crazy. you were trying to say Easter egg or pull my leg, or you're not. <laughs> no, because it's not about Easter egg. See, it's about oh, real okay. or fake. It's just real or okay. fake. Yeah. It's called re- reflections. Is this real or am I on drugs? Okay, now we're I mean, the twilight. <laughs> can't it be both? Can't you be on drugs and it still be real? Or I don't know. Oh, yeah, I don't know. that's a good point. I mean, yes, I think that's a yes. Oh, here we go into the weird part of the podcast. Is it real or is it fake? <laughs> 
I mean, it could just be unlocking. It could be unlocking the other parts of the brain that aren't usually activated, right? True. And so all of a sudden, seeing seeing into the fourth and fifth dimension. mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Hey, that's that sounds like fun to me. Um, And then Hunter's going to give us some gadgets and gifts. I don't know about what, um, but hopefully he brings the heat. It's going to be about gadgets and gifts. I mean, it's literally what it's called. If it has anything to do with me, it's definitely going to be heated. Heated. Mm -hmm. Everywhere I go right now, there's heat. So, yeah, that's true. It's June. So unless you live in uh, Canada, (laughs) you know, uh, it's going to be only Canada. Spicy. Only Canada. Alaska. I, I don't know. I like how it's the Canada. Unless you the live Canada. in the Canada. <laughs> that's that's how the, I do it. That's unless my, you uh, live further north or further south of the equator. <laughs> I'm working on this thing so that Claire and Annalise will be embarrassed when they're older. Because I'll just be always the the guy. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, we're going, it's perfect. Yeah. Just play, play a reel for them. Yep. Yep. You got the... The Facebook, the Twitter. Yeah, the, I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. On on the web. The tickety tockety. Yeah. 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 Just always, you know. And I hope TikTok's not alive when you're I've been trying to do me. some of the texting stuff. The, the texting. texting. The texting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Clint's I saw, got it. I saw the boy outside of school today. All right, all right. Here we go. <laughs> all right. Call me old. I don't care. Thirty two years young. Gonna be yeah, I'm 33. Just, just so you guys know, happy 33. Bur- happy belated birthday. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I with one, though. I feel like I'm 34. You know, <laughs> that's good. That's better than yeah. feeling like you're 44. Yeah. So, your head. You know, it's a day over 30, bud. Nice. Yeah. You know what Ryan's new uh, birthday wish is gonna be? No. Depends. I can say it on here. Losing Ooh. weight. Depends. <laughs> I'm already losing weight again. You know, Are this you? is what I do. There's a reason why they call it the yo-yo diet because that's my life. I go down <laughs> and I go up and I go down and up. And during the entire process, I'm never healthy. So. Hey, that's <laughs> that's the way our gaming life is too. A lot of things mirror oh, yeah. our life, you know. We get into yeah, these probably, moments where we're playing a lot and we're like, hey, guys, come check out the stream. And then it's crickets. Mm-hmm. For, it's know. probably just part of being a dad, you know. Yeah. Unless you're, you know, there's always those certain dads who are just like look exactly the same like they did in high school, mm-hmm. like Charlie Samuels. Like, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Are you still just little and fit? Mm-hmm. You know, it's messed up. The the Dick Clark effect, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I don't know who that is, but yeah. He used to do all the the New Year's presentations back in the Dizay. He like never oh. aged until he had a stroke, and then he got real old. It was oh, okay. like he was he so was pristine, like a, and then stroke, like and then it was Clinton. like yeah. Okay. I was like, oh, I got you, yeah. I completely blame my lack of gaming on my responsibilities in my life. Mm. So basically what you're saying is you have a bad perception on responsibilities. Like sure. Stuff is, stuff is not in the right order. I get what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Make sure. yeah. Priorities have been askewed. Because yeah. we work all the time. And so if anybody's out there listening and you want us to play more video games, just hit up our, uh, what is it called again? Patreon. Patreon yeah. and pay yeah. it. Yeah, hey, it's, money it's, it's only the 69th chance, episode, Hunter. But if you're by some there. chance, Mr. Beast is ever watching this, just, you know, if you, you know, Mr. Beast is a generous guy, he'll drop the money for us. What about yeah. Miss Beast? Is she generous? Yeah, there, there is no Miss Beast yet. Okay, mm-hmm. that's offensive to Mr. Beast. They obviously don't know who you are. I do. So you can drop the money for me, Mr. Beast. I know who he is, but I know there's definitely no Mr. Beast. I heard a T at the end of Miss. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the Mist Beast. All right, so we're getting <laughs> off topic. Hey, let's do the news, guys. Let's get on track. You know, let's <laughs> steer let's this, this ship thing. right. I come back in and we just lose all structure. Let's see how that works. That's okay. Yep. Things were getting good and then Clint jumped in. Let's do us next. Wow. <laughs> Leaks for Geeks. All right, so tonight, uh, it's not like some big daddy, big papa stories that I have planned for the news because there aren't any. Um, there's political stuff, but we're going to steer away from most of that stuff. And we will talk about um, mainly like game uh, releases, some debuts that are coming, some changes, some updates, uh, DLC, things we're looking forward to. So you have uh, you have good news for 2020. Yeah, it's looking pretty good. I mean, good. there's some games I'm definitely excited about. There's some That's that are already good. out that I'm excited about that I want to play. Um, but then there's some that are just like, you know, new things coming. Okay. Um, and a couple of them actually are like DLCs for games that are already out. That'll be on the list tonight. First is a game we've talked about. Uh, this game is obviously uh, built off of the insanely hard game that we like called Dark Souls. And the mm-hmm. game is called Mortal Shells, right? Or Mortal Shell. I call it Mortal Shells because there's more than one shell. Right? Okay. I mean, that's the whole, the whole game concept is that you're this like ghostly, non-physical thing, right? Okay. And, and then you embody these shells. When you embody the shell, that's the playable character that makes sense so uh whatever capabilities that character has that you embody which they are real characters that like had uh backstories and their abilities and their skill sets pertain to their backstories if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um and so basically you take on their shell and then those are the things that you progress in are their skill sets and it's just like picking a character so you can kind of think of the shells as a character okay um one thing that a lot of people were kind of wondering is this, you know, is this just going to be dark souls that looks better? And the, the main news is, you know, that there was a, uh, a gameplay trailer that came out and it is obviously super reminiscent of dark souls. It's got the green bars and the red bars for your uh, HP and stamina that look just like from dark souls, but the combat and stuff is much more advanced. It's, it's, a lot like your melee action games where you have the lock on with the, the Z axis that you've mm-hmm. seen kind of after Dark Souls that have gotten real popular. Yeah. So you've got the look and the, the feel of Dark Souls, but with some modern advanced uh, way of, of melee fighting and gameplay. It's clearly a mainly melee game, just like Dark Souls. But the, the action of the fighting looks super good. If you guys haven't seen the preview, um, you could check it out. There's a... There's a uh, Mortal Shell gameplay interview that you can check out on YouTube or on PC Gamer where they actually sit down with the developers and they kind of talk you through the concept of the game and uh, how the gameplay is going to be a little bit different from the other stuff. It basically says it, when you look at it, you're going to know right away it's, it's derived from Dark Souls, but that uh, that's what you're expecting. Um, one of the things that you're going to see that's a little bit different is the leveling system and the varying classes due to these shells, which you didn't get that uh, depth and aspect in the original Dark Souls. You also have a a different kind of, uh, the way the levels are actually set up, the design, and the way you move through the game and the story is a little different than Dark Souls was. 
says what's especially cool about the uh, shell system is how it uh, layers some difficult new decisions on top of the traditional uh, soul health system. So when your health hits zero in a shell, your spirit form will get knocked out of the shell. Uh, so you only get one hit point in this form. So if your shell gets destroyed and you're knocked into that form, uh, you'll either need to get back into your shell as soon as possible. Uh, there's a limit on how many times you can pop back into it or uh, book it and find safety or another body to inhabit. Because if you don't, your character is going to die. I don't know if that's permanent. I guess you just would restart that mission that you're in. I'm sure. Mm. But basically that aspect of kind of almost like a second chance that you get, if your shell gets destroyed, if you're quick enough to get out of there or to get back in your shell without getting hit while you're in this form, kind of risk you can take. That's a whole new layer to the combat uh, that didn't exist in the dark souls. So the shells are bodies then human bodies. Yeah, they're pretty much bodies. They're calling them shells because it's almost like you're a spirit who's possessing it, right? Mm. Um, so really, you're for, the bad guy. Yeah, but except for from from what I can tell from the preview, I watched the preview and I watched the gameplay, it's it's almost as if these shells are uh, lives or bodies from the past. They're not existing or living now. Mm. Um, but I'm not sure if I'm misunderstanding that or not, but that's the vibe that I get. So it's kind of like you're learning about these lives you're that have existed. Story. You're playing yeah, their story. Yeah, and then playing, game. yep, and jumping okay. into their character. Yep. So it's kind of cool. Um, could how's be wrong the, on that, but that's that's what I see when I'm looking at it. How's the color palette look, you know, with the, with the original like Dark Souls? It's kind of that gray, um, you know, very... Um, very dark. Dark and gloomy. Kind yeah, of look it's of like, very, very much alike, but with a lot higher graphic quality, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um the combat and the amount of detail to the background stuff instead of being so static is a lot better, if that makes sense. So like in Dark Souls, uh, pretty much the only motion and stuff that you'd be seeing much of is you and the characters you're fighting. But as for background or there being more characters involved that are coming and things like that, uh, it would be that all that background stuff would be kind of static. Now it's a lot more immersive. Um, okay. The, sh- the shadow detail is a lot better uh, in the sense of like the depth, right? If you remember Dark Souls, it was kind of a had an old school vibe to it a little bit, right? I mean, yeah. It was a hard game, but the graphics were nothing to like get really excited about, you know. Right. Um, the the depth of the I wouldn't just say the looks of the game, but even the movement in the game when you're watching the gameplay trailer is very much more fluid and in the sense of uh, like certain strikes that you're taking when he like lunges forward and the environment moves around the lunge. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff looks much more updated okay. compared to Dark Souls. So it's not just a little bit better graphics. It definitely has a different feel to the gameplay, in my opinion. Now, you may already um, say this, but are the villains or, like, the people you're fighting, are they big? Uh, all different or... sizes. There's okay. like, looks like there's, like, looks like it's kind of like uh, there's bosses and stuff like that, too. Almost like, you know, God of War kind of style. So there's normal yeah. size ones. There's big ones. Um, I know Dark Souls had the same kind of setup. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Small, medium, and large. Yeah. Kind of crawl your, like crawl your way too. through the map, and then right. the, there'd be the certain areas with multiple smalls, <laughs> and then there'd be some areas where you come across one bigger, tougher. Yes. Type of a thing. Yep. That's the setup. Same kind of thing. Okay. Um, it looks good though. I mean, it looks fun. You know me, I'm bigger on uh, co-op games, but as for games that I think are intriguing and, and coming out. 
there always are some. If I had more time, I would definitely play them. I just don't get to on a personal level that much. Like, for example, this next one. This next one's one of those that's such a weird, interesting concept that I would want to play it, but um, I don't believe that it's co-op, so I don't know that I'll get to. But not everybody who's listening just plays co-op, so I make sure anything that kind of catches my eye, I bring up and talk about. Um, This one is called Void Train. Have either of you heard about that? Mm-hmm. No. This is a very different concept. Void Train uh, is is really right in the name. You're basically traveling through, a, I guess, what you could call a void. You you're you start off in like a regular old school looking train, and this is a, a survival game slash sim in a sense. That's how the best way I could describe it by watching the preview and a little bit of walkthrough. Uh, it's a game that is set up to where your train travels interdimensionally through completely bizarre and world weird worlds, right? Okay. Um, you as an individual need to be able to have weapons and skills to be able to fight these weird creatures in these different worlds. Some of these worlds, you maybe even pull up a preview for it, Clint, if you want to, because uh, this one's so different, it's hard to describe. But for the listeners, I'm going to do my best to describe it, the ones who aren't watching live. Uh, it's basically this train is going to go through something that I would describe as like a Stargate, right, from you know, like your Stargate show where, you, where you're traveling through these portals kind of, mm-hmm. and it goes into these different worlds where you explore these worlds and you are, I think, kind of defending your train. You're keeping your train from getting destroyed so you can make it through back to a safe zone. And while you're in that world, you're collecting different things. You're killing certain creatures, collecting, uh, you know, I guess XP, but also items, definitely mm-hmm. different items that you're grabbing. You have all kinds of different weapons from like guns to a weapon that looks almost like a track tracker kind of beam that like locks on things and grabs them and brings them in. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of almost like floating, like you're in space, but it doesn't look like space. There's creatures that fly around through space in a sense and uh, all kinds of different creatures because these are completely made up worlds, right? Uh, right. Interdimensional, like almost like you're, pl- you know, like sliders from back in the day. As you're doing this, there's two goals. One survive, um, you know, be able to fight in these worlds that you're going through. But two is you need to upgrade your train. So you can upgrade your train, uh, the different components on it. You can extend uh, your, your train with more cars, which gives you benefits that I'm, I'm not sure of just yet. Um, and then you're also going to be able to upgrade the engine uh, to a steam engine or a diesel engine or a Tesla engine. And you can upgrade its defensive capabilities so it can't be destroyed very easy. Okay. Did you say um, Tesla engine? Mm-hmm. And so your goal is to progress through these worlds, but these worlds get harder and harder for you and your train to survive in. So you're building up and repairing and fixing and making your train better, stronger, faster at the same time that you're building your character is, is how it, it seems from mm-hmm. my understanding on that. So you guys can see on there how you got like these almost like flying whales. Mm-hmm. And then you've got this track that's being built throughout the world. And, uh, it's just kind of a an interesting game. Uh, it's it's, it's one of those that, that kind of plays off of these newer art styles that people are pushing to. You know, it's got some kind of vibrant colors and uh, you know unique looking creatures and stuff like that. My mind almost goes to like uh, Avatar, you know, mm-hmm. and some of those creatures and stuff that you're seeing. So, and then I just some thought of that the, was a some of it kind of looks like Bioshocky to me too. Some of the yes. Bioshocky, yeah, yeah, it does. I agree. The way the way even the weapons and stuff look and stuff a little bit mm-hmm. kind of has a Bioshock vibe. That steam, I guess maybe that steampunk vibe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. What it is maybe. 
So that one's an interesting one. I don't even know how big of a of a label that is, um, or or if it's going to be you know a real big release or or what. This is the first time I've heard about it, but I definitely found it to be unique. So figured it was worth a mention. Mm-hmm. Looks very original. Mm-hmm. The next one is one we've already talked about, and it's already out, or at least it's out in beta, unless I'm confused. Um, I don't think it's just beta though. This is one uh, that we've been wanting to play. It's GTFO. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, every time I see a preview on this game or anything, I start getting kind of amped up about it. This is a, a co-op game. If you guys don't know about GTFO, uh, it puts you uh, in a world where there's a super heavy emphasis on co-op philosophy or co-op gameplay, meaning you're not going to make it very far without playing smart with other players. It's not meant to just bulldoze through. Um, it's very eerie, very dark. Uh, your creatures that are in the game are set up to where um, you are not just trying to kill them. There's plenty of creatures in the game that you are trying not to even spook or wake up. Uh, you can smash them while they're down, like the video just showed, with your hammer that kind of charges up. Mm-hmm. And then you've got all kinds of different weapons, all kinds of different defense, uh, like turrets and different things like that that you set up in mines. And um, It's very, what would you say, that it's methodical. It's not mm-hmm. a run-through game. You have to pay attention to what you're doing. You'll get overrun very easy. Stealth um, and strategy. Stealth and strategy. Now, we've talked to you guys about all that stuff before. Uh, what I'm specifically talking about today is the fact that there's a new um, layer coming out to the game. What, what they call, uh, what do they call them on here? Rundown, which is basically a mission, right? So you've mm-hmm. got a set, of, a set of missions or levels that you're going to progress through on the map. Um, and the game GTFO has got a great following already and they release, uh, more rundowns along. So you, when you get the game, just like a lot of the games are doing nowadays, you're not just getting that original game. So they're adding to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the newest rundown is called the vessel that comes out on June 11th. And it says it's definitely a very, uh, gritty and grimy looking mission by the previews. And it's going to be, uh, really pushing your abilities uh, and it's not going to veer away at all from the being cautious and working as a team. It looks like it may be even pushing the envelope a little bit more from mm-hmm. the gameplay that people are getting getting to see. Uh, so if you're into that game, I'm sure you're excited about the new one that's coming out, The Vessel. And if you haven't gotten into the game, you're probably like me and, and you're checking out the preview and you're going, I should be into this game. Mm-hmm. Because if you like games like Left 4 Dead and uh, you know zombie teamwork games or any kind of uh, game that has a lot of in-depth co-op, this game is right down our alley as as dads who like to hang together and play co-op games. So that one I'm pumped about. What are you thinking? You're watching that preview, Clint. And, and I, Hunter, think, I, think looks, I think it looks really cool. You know what I, I really like that they did is they didn't shy away from shadows and darkness. And a lot of these games you play, um, especially zombie games, it's like they work so hard on the zombies' graphics that they don't want to hide it. So even in dark places, you can see the facial. Right. Mm-hmm. So they end up kind of going more to an arcade vibe. Like yes. Just a little brighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, don't, I would I was, prefer less graphics and yeah. the right vibe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I, we were just watching a clip here where one of those, it was the zombies coming out or whatever you want to call them. And then a giant one walked through real slow. And it mm-hmm. gave me the heebie-jeebies because mm-hmm. it was just all black. You couldn't see any, any features on them, you know. Yeah. And I noticed that as you're watching this this um, gameplay, in some of the shadows, you can't see them at all. You're only going to see them as they pass through the light. Mm-hmm. Um, so not only do you have that 
that sneakiness to it. And, you know, everything I've seen on this game, they say, you know, they do such a good job on the sounds and the vibe of the game, the feel of it, that these zombies that are asleep are scarier than the zombies that are coming at you. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it makes, it's not just like, okay, let's sneak past these guys. The, when they're asleep and doing nothing is the most intense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I love that. That means they did a good job. It's like, you don't want to trip an alarm, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm Mm-hmm. It definitely reminds me of uh, it's got the dead space feel. Yeah. Yes. You know? Yes, it does. So they keep I agree. That, they keep that dark atmosphere mm-hmm. in a sci-fi type scenario with yep. just your flashlight and, and some lights. The coloration, the style of graphics is very dead space too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's what gets me pumped the most. And it looks like since it has the strategy and the NPCs seem to be reacting in a very realistic manner, mm-hmm. you know. That gets me mm-hmm. pretty pumped. So, yeah, I'm all about it. I think we're going to be yep. playing and streaming that when it comes out. Yeah, oh, we need to we need to get on it. Another one, guys, which we haven't even got to play, but we know we want to. And I know you got some dads out there that are just like us, haven't had the time or the extra cash. But Borderlands Three obviously has been a big hit. Um, most of the reviews on it are great, and they are coming out with a new um, download or DLC content called uh, Old West. DLC. Hmm. It's got vigilantes, six shooters, and some dusty new locations to explore. Uh, With Western style outfits, there's a 10 minute gameplay uh, video that came out for it. If you guys want to check it out and see what it's all about, Uh, there's not a ton of details to give on it. That was that one's more like a shout out. I think that's a cool idea. People like the Wild West type stuff Mm -hmm. to see that that vibe and those kind of guns rotate into that game, which that game is all about the weapons, right? Mm-hmm. So it'd be cool to see a nice set of stuff that looks and has a feel of, uh, what do you call it, of the Old West. Mm-hmm. And a game that's obviously not Old West. So interesting to see how they mix that. They've always done good at mixing some really odd characters, you know, like your catch-a-ride guy and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it'd be, it's not a huge leap because it's kind of like a it's kind of like a futuristic Wild West anyways, right? I mean, that's kind of right. what that game is like. Um, so yeah, I think that one's going to be a sweet, um, DLC, especially if you've been playing the game and you're, you know, kind of run through everything that came with the game originally, that's a nice, uh, DLC to jump into. Yeah. Now this next one is kind of a, I don't even know if I call these games. People call them games. I don't know. I, I call it more like an adventure, right? You can have a, it'd be like is is i guess for kids some things are games like i wouldn't even call you remember that game on connect uh connectimals where the kids are petting the animals and feeding Mm -hmm. the animals yeah yeah. i don't know if that's a game you know there's some games in the game but is the whole thing a game i don't know it's it's a learning adventure experience kind of right and you get more of those with vr lately right where you get these things where you're like just checking out a world right you're not really playing a game but we still like those. Those they're still mm-hmm. cool and interesting. Um, this one looks like it's pretty in depth. Uh, I think it would be great for the kids. It's called Beyond Blue, and it's basically a uh, a deep sea exploration game. But you're not really like you're a game. It's more like you're a marine biologist, and you're in a submarine, and you're discovering these different species, and you learn about them. Like when you look at them and focus on them, it'll tell you what the different parts of the animals are. And you know what kind of animal it is, mm-hmm. and so it's got the the no man's sky uh, vibe to it. Yes, yeah, 
That's kind of how it's like. And I think that that would be for kids. I think, like, I think my daughter, she'd love it. The mm-hmm. graphics look really good on it. Um, well, no, it might freak me out. I've always been afraid of like open ocean. That's true. You did yeah, say like that. Feet, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just going with my submarine and see a big old something in the distance. It might freak uh-huh. me out a little Some bit. Some them real deep, deep uh, right. creatures that glow in the dark. Yeah. And it looks like there's a mix of all that. And basically, as you find these different creatures, you catalog them and you record the information you learned about them. And um, you can even track some of them. And then maybe there's some storyline to it from what I saw. Like they didn't show you much, but I think maybe somebody's hunting the whales. Something's okay. happening to the whales. And that's kind of the underlying storyline. So, You're so trying to track your whales. The antagonist of the story. Yeah, I think so. So I think there's a little bit of that to it. But even outside of that, it just looks like a game I think especially kids would just enjoy. Visually, it's got great music. Um, and it said they worked really hard on the soundtrack and stuff like that, too, working with different artists and, and contracting different music. So it's just kind of a very serene and peaceful exploration of the sea, which I think is an interesting concept. Uh, what what, what kind of threw me off is I expected the whole time I was reading about it and watching the video for it to be all about VR. And it's not. I don't think it's a VR game. It's just... Hmm a game like it seemed like it'd be perfect for vr right but maybe they just wanted to put more into the details of the creatures instead of going you know some of your vr games kind of dumb down some of the graphics mm-hmm. so maybe they went the other direction i don't know it still looks good either way so that's an interesting one for you guys and your kids it's definitely not just a game like i said you get to learn about the different creatures the different jellyfish species and the little like you said the little deep sea ones with the lights on their head all that stuff you get to kind of your kids can learn what they're called, what they are, what abilities they have, all that kind of stuff. That's so cool. I think that's probably a good little game. And Super it's not cool. it's not kiddish. The graphics aren't kiddish. They're more realistic, if that makes sense. Right. That's what I'm saying, dude. I think it would wig me out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Next on the list is something I never even heard of, but I'm already excited about it. Have either of you heard about uh, the second extinction? No. Mm-mm. Yeah. This is a co-op game, um, which is kind of a cross between, if I had to describe it, it'd be a cross between like a small version world of um, Borderlands, right? They call it a big map. Basically, they said back in the day, we'd call it open world because, yes, you can go anywhere you want to on the map. But compared to some of the massive games that exist now, it's just a really big map. But uh-huh. I wouldn't, you know what I mean? So it is open world, but not like Borderlands or some of these games that just have huge areas to explore, you know. Um, but it's a co-op game that is, it looks like the gameplay and the missions are set up, even though it's open world, quote. Um, it's also, it's kind of like it's set up like Left for Dead, except mm. for you're not fighting zombies, you're fighting dinosaur mutants that have taken oh. back over the world. So as people, we've fled Earth because of these dinosaurs that took over and we're living in space. <laughs> so we're the and second finally, extinction. Well, they we're trying to extinct them again. That's the second oh, okay. extinction. Okay. So it's we're like coming Turok. Yeah, we're coming back to Earth and we're going, "Hey, why the freak are these dinosaurs here? Why did they mutate the way they did?" And then we're going to wipe them out. That's the whole okay. kind of point of the game. But um it's also kind of got that overrun vibe where there's kind of swarms of different ones like raptors that are smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, also because of the 
mutation. They're not just normal dinosaurs, right? There's some that have like extreme camouflage, basically invisibility power. There's some that have mutated and taken on like electric eels type electrical shock. So mm-hmm. they're a dinosaur. So I don't know. Interesting. I don't think it's going to be some super, um, the graphics look decent for sure. I don't think it's a super high end game, but it sounds like it's definitely probably be a fun game to run through. You know, mm. uh, they didn't really give us an idea on the article or the videos on how long of a game it is, like how much gameplay content does it have? That'll be interesting to kind of figure out as it releases and they give us some more info. But if you like co-op games uh, and you like stuff, you know, where you're fighting hordes of creatures and stuff like that, this is kind of an odd spin on it. Um, And you can join in on the second extinction, be part of the repopulation of earth. Now, when you, when you second that right behind, uh, get the F out, right? Yeah. It's like, well, maybe one day we'll play that because Get the F <laughs> Out looks epic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if I didn't have a good game like that that was out recently, I'm down for pretty much any of those kind of co-op games. I like them a lot. Now, Clint mentioned No Man's Sky, which has, in the last year, really taken back off, right? Because when it first came out, it was kind of like womp, womp, womp. Now, it's really gained some traction. Um, they've got a great online uh, multiplayer following. And um, in uh, June June 11th, which a lot of these releases are coming on June 11th, there's a Windows 10 uh, version and the Xbox and PlayStation 4 are all going to <clears throat> be released um, with your, I think with your Game Pass and all your little, you know, whatever you're paying extra for, mm-hmm. you're going to get No Man's Sky. And along with that, they're going to release cross-platform play. So... Uh, your PC, your Xbox, uh, whatever you're, if you've been playing No Man's Sky and you've got your little community of people that play on PC with you or whatever, now you're going to be able to add a lot more to that community. You may have other friends that have been playing on uh, their console or something like that, and you haven't been able to play together. That's going to change, so you guys can start uh, doing what you do in No Man's Sky all together. That'd be awesome. Sounds what cool. is what is No Man's Sky a little bit more, Clint? You know a little bit more about it than I do. I know we've talked about it, but uh, it's basically, I mean, it's uh, kind of like how you described uh, the Blue Deep or Beyond the Blue. Is that what you call okay. it? Anyway, yeah. um, it's kind of like that in the sense of uh, you're a, an astronaut who mm-hmm. uh, you're spawned with a broken ship, a spaceship, and you have to go out and find your materials to rebuild your ship so you can get off this planet that they spawn you on. Every time you start, you start on a random planet, and that planet has certain, um, every planet that you go to has a certain um, um, element to it that makes it uh, in, um, uninhabitable to an extent okay. for, for human Stop. life. So it's always like there's a poisonous gas on the planet, or there's uh, mm. extreme heat or extreme freeze, that kind of stuff. You've got to overcome whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So once you get your ship okay. going, then you can go out into space. They have these space stations set up um, in in the in the universe there, mm-hmm. and so you can go and like um, update your ship, buy new ships, um, and you go through the the whole game is basically kind of like a Minecraft type situation. You can build things. Um, so each time catalog. you get free and you upgrade, do you start a new planet? Uh, you tr- you travel into space like it's a never ending thing. So once you get into the spaceship, you go up into the atmosphere. Now you're in space. Mm-hmm. You can decide. Oh, I want to go over here to this planet. And you're controlling this... it. It's not like a cutscene. Yeah, like you're actually flying 
out yeah. of the atmosphere into space. Yeah. And so it, and it's, uh, it procedurally generates everything. So, uh, so these other planets that you go to, they may have issues too. And then you've got to learn how to escape them. Yeah. You or or they'll have different creatures or different things to it. Yeah. Okay. And so you okay. upgrade, you upgrade your stuff, your materials and things like that as you move forward. And so you can survive easier on these planets. So this article used the word multiplayer, which multiplayer usually means against each other. Co-op usually means with each other. Mm -hmm. Is there what's multiplayer about this? You have any clue? Um, well, they had released an update because when they originally announced the game, the whole big sell on it was you're going to be able to run into other astronauts, other players. Mm, you're okay. going to be able to be uh, friends, so to speak. More like an MMO. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that that was kind of the vibe they were given, and then you got in there and you never met anybody. It was mm. just dead. So then they came out with a patch where it would be easy, like me and you and Hunter, if we're friends, we can group up immediately together, from what I understand. And so you would actually be able to go and venture together, which was okay. a big plus. So it sounds like this multiplayer aspect means, okay, it's now gonna we're going to expand that you, even more. Yeah, now we're going to let you run into other players and actually do battles, what it sounds uh -huh. like. Mm. And you can do it with people cross-platform. So the, mm -hmm. the chance of you having other people to play with is going to be way higher. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Both good, very good things for the game. And I know uh, it's VR compatible now, too. So if you oh, have really? it on, yeah. If you have it like okay. on PlayStation, if you have the PSVR, you can do it. Um, VR, and I think PC is the same way if you have an Oculus setup okay. or a HTC Vive. How are the graphics on that game? Pretty good. I mean, the preview looks like they're they're not cell shaded, but they are kind of cartoony. Yeah, yeah, they are the vibrant. like. Yeah. Okay. I think the... I the the planets and stuff are really amazing. When you're out in space, it's a really cool vibe that you get hmm. out of it. Very uh, realistic. Once you get into the um, planets, like Hunter's saying, it's kind of, it's it's not overly cartoony, but it's, uh, you know. Bright colors and stuff to emphasize mm -hmm. the look of space and stuff. Like it that. is, it's yeah. pretty trippy though. Like when you're flying towards a planet, it's, yeah. It's it, I mean, like it, it does kind of like make you think like, wow, this is pretty cool that they yeah. were able mm -hmm. to do this. It's definitely one I'm thinking about getting for PC. Mm. I feel like I feel like the way the setup of the game is, it is more PC to me, mm -hmm. like because you're doing a lot of menu stuff, taking mm -hmm. your items and moving stuff around. And any game that's like that on consoles just always been harder for me to get into. Right, that makes sense. Well, I've got one more quick news. I think I've already gone a little long in the news. I don't know when I started, but oh well. You got the uh, Overwatch League. Season three has uh, obviously because of COVID nineteen sucked. Mm -hmm. um, it has really fallen down. Uh, shifting to the online format has been hard for them to try to do instead of the in person. Um, and they lost uh, star players like uh, Jay Sinatra, mm -hmm. uh, who went over to uh, you know Valorant along with other people, and then you've got. Uh, <laughs> What's it called? Well, one of the top teams, the Vancouver Titans, dropped their entire roster mid-season. So that was super devastating. And uh, they said another kind of issue that people are having with the game and its big online um, profile for the league is the – actually, which is, you know, casual players love it, which is the release of uh, ever-changing heroes, right? We've always got new heroes that come into the game. Mm -hmm. Well, for professionals – it kind of actually adds a almost a negative vibe to it to an extent if they come out too often or too soon because it's hard to adjust and really get a groove and 
build that. So that's actually caused a little bit of hiccups. But one upside is they have switched this last season now, and they just started doing, uh, well, what they call a, uh, it's a tournament type setup. So um, they did a, they did a tournament uh, named the May Melee okay. in May. And so that began uh, several weeks with several weeks of qualification, followed up by a tense weekend long knockout competition. Um, and this was a big hit. People really loved this new format. So they might be onto something here. It says it moved uh, more than doubling their previous week's average audience. So uh, this might be something we see the whole, looks like the whole Overwatch League setup move towards is this kind of tournament play instead of the, um, you know, I don't even actually know exactly how they've had it structured before. Um, but I guess they've got this new setup where they're doing these tournaments along with the qualifiers and it's, it's a more drawn out um, process rather than I guess before it would have been like uh, football where you just kind of had matchups mm-hmm. like, just, like any other league, right? Baseball league and you play this team versus that team and then this team versus that team throughout the season. Instead, they're, they're running these tournaments and it seems like people are liking it. So I uh, don't know if you guys pay attention to that or if you're into that, but uh, there are some changes and it looks like there's going to be more changes in that tournament direction um, to come. Obviously, because when you have something that's a hit and it works while things have been down, then they're going to start diving into that more and see if there's a structure there that they can form to help uh, to help shape the new landscape of the Overwatch League. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. It's also interesting to me to kind of see, you know, uh, they've really tried to do this whole league thing. Right. Which is to make it more like a like an actual league of of teams mm-hmm. and these, you know, they're giving salaries to these players. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like the NFL or whatever. Right. It's kind of interesting to see because like a game such as league of legends, they have tons of characters, right? I mean, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, so it's just kind of interesting to see overwatch struggling in the sense of, I think because they are a little more casual, mm-hmm. um, or catering to the casual to an, you know, right. to an extent, it does kind of create that divide of, well, are you going to be hardcore pro right. or are you going to be casual? So that, that comment of these new characters coming out, I think makes total sense. Which um, actually I saw an article the other day talking about Valorant and the fact that the way they've structured the game, it almost is looking like it doesn't even have to get popular for the casual gamer, for it to be a huge success because of how it's really works well for the competitive side. Mm-hmm. the design of the game and the way it's set up. Um, and so I don't know enough about Valorant yet because we haven't dive, dove into it, but mm-hmm. uh, they said, they said they've really set themselves up well when it comes to the future of the professional and competitive side. I feel like that's kind of how, I mean, I could be wrong, but CSGO, mm-hmm. I feel like I, I know a lot of hardcore players on there, but it's not a very like, you know, like I, I could name one out of 10 gaming friends that plays that. Right, it's, right. it's big yeah, in the esports scene, but not game. big. Right, but the one, the one who plays it is like a, he's the best one I know at shooters. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like that vibe's very, very true. And and Blizzard has that same case with Heroes of the Storm, which is mm. um, League of Legends. You know, that's kind of right. what it's you know, what it's doing there. And um, you have the same thing. League of Legends still going strong. Um, other people in the in the Heroes of the Storm seen as like ah it's too casual. You're your mm-hmm. hardcore esports players. Ah it's too 
too casual, you know? Mm. So Yeah, that makes sense. But with esports being so new, I think, you know, we're going to learn some things about what works for esports and what doesn't. Well, I think all these games work work in esports for to an extent. Mm -hmm. Do they work to have an actual league shaped around them? Right? Do they work to have, um, you know, where it feels geared towards the competitive side all the time, and it's got that vibe of, yeah, I'm a competitive gamer. This is my kind of game. That's different. Yeah. You know, I think we're gonna every game is gonna kind of have an esports scene in the modern day, right? I mean. Yeah, you could you could come out with just about anything that's competitive, and there's going to be at least a small esports scene yeah. because that's just the direction things are going. Esports yeah. are just exploding. Well, that's, that's all I got, it. guys. Well, thanks for sharing. That was good. Meaty, it was meaty, as they say. Mm-hmm. Big meaty claws. Yeah, Hunter, are you ready? Oh, let's just see. Is that my transition? <laughs> Hunter? Hunter? Hunter, are you Hunter? I'm ready for some gizmos and gadgets. I'm ready. I'm ready, bro. Nothing like a little goblins. Are ye scurvy dogs? Where's me loot? All right, guys. Well, today I am doing gadgets and gifts. And I thought, why not do something that I love? and do some gadgets and gifts in the sports world. Okay. Um, so some of these are kind of funny. Um, some of them are more actually useful things. Mm-hmm. Um, and But I'm sure they are all meant to be useful things <laughs> Right. <laughs> when the inventor was making them, right? But mm-hmm. um, they have to do with all kinds of stuff. It's not just like football or it's all it, just sports related. Okay. So. Okay. Um, I'm just going to have a huge list here. We're not going to cover them all today, but I'm just going to go down and give you guys a couple of good ones. Um, and we can discuss them or whatever you want to do. But first on my list, excuse me, is called a golf ball radar system. And so what this is, it's a gizmo for all the horrible golfers out there. This golf ball radar system basically is for like a, it says a PJ. PGA Tour wannabe. So when your ball goes into the cabbage, and I don't know if you guys have ever done any golf, but when you when you like me, I have a horrible I, I have a horrible golf swing because every time I hit it, it slices to the right no matter what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I go with that, there's a couple of hits that usually go pretty far on the trees. Mm-hmm. And so what this does is it basically is like a it, you, you have to buy special golf balls and it has a tracker in the golf ball. And then it has this little, like, what would you call it? Like an interface system that you hold. Mm-hmm. And then when you walk, it shows you that you're getting closer to it. Oh yeah. It's like, it's hmm. just a GPS tracker basically. Right. For your golf ball. Kind of like they use it flying T. Yeah. Oh yeah. To track the speed and stuff on them. Yeah. But this one is just like, it's got a, like, if you can imagine a Wi-Fi signal, you know, sign. Mm-hmm. It's got mm-hmm. the bars that are looped like this. Mm-hmm. It's it's got that on the interface, and as you get closer, it fills it up up to where you know. Okay. Uh, okay. Then you're right okay. on top of your ball. Yeah. So I don't know about you guys, but if you've ever been golfing, especially with me, that might be something that's kind of useful. Yeah, I bet. Because... I mean, if people hit a ball a long ways, and if you hit it a long ways the wrong way in thick yeah. grass, 
it's probably not the easiest thing to find. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's see here. What's next on the list? The next one on the list is called a life vest for your keys. Okay. So if you're sitting on your kayak or yacht, uh, you know, and then you're all of a sudden your keys fall in the water and then they sink down, right? Well, this mm-hmm. ki- this key vest is actually like it looks like a key fob, and it goes on your keychain. And when it falls in the water, I guess at a certain uh, depth, it cracks open, it fills with air, and then your keys float mm. back to the top of the water. Almost like a mini version of the escape boats. Yeah, right? like in the little bags. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, because when you're on a boat and stuff, you usually keep like a little uh, like there's a little floaty device on the end of your key right. to make sure you don't lose them if you drop them in. Mm. Okay. Uh, but this is funner. I like that. It drops down, yeah. then psh, and a little safety deal pops up. <laughs> That's cool. I like that idea. That's cool. Yes. So yeah, it, it literally looks like a little key fob that pops open, and then out of the middle of it comes a little balloon that airs up. So hmm. pretty interesting. It definitely maybe give you a little peace of mind. I don't know. Like like Ryan said, why not just get the the floating device and attach to your keys? <laughs> Oh, because yeah. this is more cool. I mean, this is, and then you get to, you get to go check check this out, guys. When it goes into the water, it's probably got something that dissolves on there and releases it mm-hmm. when it stays wet yeah. for too long, and then lets that thing out there. Yeah. My problem is if you're in the river or something and you drop it, then you don't know where it's going to come up at. Yeah, definitely. Oh, it's gone. True. It's gone for sure. Even in the ocean or even in the lake, it'll be a little bit misplaced, I'm sure. But if you're in yeah. a river, it's like. Yeah, huh. that's true, because usually it floats right on top when you have that little floaty on there. Mm-hmm. But that'll go down a little ways, and then it may pop up, you know, 100 yards away. You don't mm-hmm. know. That's true. So this is where you got to get a little keychain to go to it, too, right? Yeah. Uh, zip tie, so. some kind of something. If you here. had a zip tie, then you, might, you wouldn't need the floaty after all, probably, though. If you had them chained to your pocket or something. Um, but anywho, all right. Well, the next one I have is a laser. Okay, but this isn't just any laser. This laser attaches to your putter. Okay, your, laser your putter. It's called laser for your putter, and I don't know if these are on Amazon. I just found this list, so it's not. I don't know for oh, sure okay. if you did find it or you, not. But... You didn't want to share with the team. I got you. <laughs> I just didn't find an Amazon exclusive one, but I'm sure they. If if anybody has it, Amazon will. Um, a yeah, laser the other thing you were talking about was on Amazon. Yeah, laser for your putter. So, um, Mark Tech laser putter. If you're trying to look it up, Clint. there you go. It says practice. We're talking about practice. Who needs practice? If it wasn't for lazy golfers, sports wouldn't be as nearly as hilarious. So basically, it's I don't you know. Yeah, in simple a, words. It's a laser you attach to your your putter that kind of guides your way to show you. Yeah. Like a sight for your gun, so you can yeah. see exactly where yeah. you're aiming. Now, I feel like this is kind of cheating. I don't think you could use this in tournament or anything. No, uh, no. But at but, the same time, you know, that's not going to make sure you don't turn your wrist or anything when you oh, hit no, it. Oh, no, not at all. But so, so it, it might actually helps help you line up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely helps you line up the putt. I like how you and, have to screw it on, too. And here's my thought, too, is that um, you know, the laser, because it's not it's not a grid or anything, so it's not going to show curves in the ground. So you can line it up straight to your putt if you're on straight ground, but it's not going to do you much good to just have a straight laser on there if the ground you're putting on has some curves in it. Well, yeah, if it's uphill, you're probably good. It's probably got uh, a dynamic laser that shoots up and down. 
So it creates a stripe like a construction labor laser. Uh-huh. But if you've got if you've got a downhill, that'll fill the whole dip. But if you've got an uphill, it won't. It'll just go to the crest of the of the hill and then that's it. No laser. Right. Yeah. So or if you're yeah, talking that's, sides. You yeah, know? that's pretty that's pretty gimmicky for sure. Yeah. So and, I think yeah, and you're right. If it's got a curve on the side, then you're never gonna shoot it straight. You're gonna have to right. get it uphill to roll back down into it. Right. right. So we're yeah, not, that's we're not talking about the 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 little helper guide in um Tiger Woods right, Golf. In the game. Yeah. yeah, like if they had that that'd be sweet. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. That's what you need. You need some glasses that when you look down at the ball, it shows the little curve on the ground. Yep. That's yeah. what you need. That's going to be Elon Musk's next project. Shoot this, is a gimmick. this is a gimmick for sure. It took us 5 minutes to talk about how it does nothing. Yep. So yeah, we're <laughs> that one's a Well, it shoots a laser, probably, right? People probably buy it. I mean, there's a lot of different versions of it. The so, one I'm looking at is 119 dollars. Yeah, there's one that's 30. There's one that's 200. There's one that's 150. Yeah, someone's someone's making money off this. Wow. Yeah, there's a bunch of them too. I mean, it's not like just a couple of them. There's eight, ten different versions of it. Uh, this next one that I might consider someday. Okay. And that one is a children's sled, but it's made by Porsche. Okay. Really? It's hmm. called the Porsche Kinder Bob. It features metal runners, a horn, and the company's sleek signature body design. The price for being uh, in bobsledding, uh, or the, it says the price for being in bobsledding's elite club about one fifteen. <laughs> so I mean, one hundred fifteen bucks for this sweet sled is not that bad. But oh, I want to see that. I'm trying to look it up. But it looks pretty cool. I mean, it looks like a almost like a snowmobile. Um, obviously no engine or anything, but, uh, and it looks like to me, it has a little, I guess the thing, the tether coming out of the fronts for pulling your kid, if you want to pull them around. Oh yeah, that, that does look cool. I'd rock that for sure. Heck yeah. And if it's got metal runners, then you know, it's pretty sturdy going down hills and stuff. So Mm -hmm. you're ramping that thing. If you guys are ever worried about how fast you're throwing your baseballs, you know, Mm -hmm. which I know is probably an issue you go through every day. Us dads in our our 30s are real worried about that. Yeah, you can worry no more because you can actually buy a radar baseball. So forget going and getting the radar gun. Forget going, you know, to, you know, those games at the carnival where you can see how fast you can throw. You can buy yourself a radar baseball from Brookstone. It actually just has the face on the baseball. You turn it on and throw it and it tells you how fast it was traveling. Nice. So does everyone wonder how impact resistant that is? We got to throw it in All right, the that's net. What I'm thinking. I feel yeah. like that okay sensor. Catch. I feel like that sensor wouldn't last long, right? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. fast. It says, "Ever wonder how fast you can throw baseball? You may think you can throw 90 miles per hour, but the radar baseball from Brookstone does not lie." Oh, you'll be surprised. You think you're throwing fast, like an average person who like has some some uh, what do you call that? some form and they kind of know how to throw a baseball, they're probably going to get like 35 to 45 miles an hour. And then you imagine that, you know, 90. professional pitchers are throwing twice that. And you yeah. feel like you're throwing fast when you throw 40, 50, that's fast. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to imagine okay, a ball so, coming at 90 miles an hour. So this just puts it in perspective. I've played third base for like, you know, I played baseball for 10 years and the majority of it was third base. Well, you, you need a mm-hmm. good arm to play third base. Oh yeah. Maybe definitely. you get the ball there. So I thought I could sling it. Like I thought it was big shot. And we went to the this uh, event at Victory Bible College when I was still at college there. They had a bunch of these carnival games come out. We had a carnival night. And they had that one where you could throw the baseball mm-hmm. and, and you know see how fast. 
So I'm all talking it up to my buddy that's there. And, you know, let me show you how to sling this thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I rear back and I, <laughs> 75 miles an hour. And I thought. That's, that's I, fast. Well, I know, but uh, my, me thinking that I was just a baseball hoss, thinking surely mm-hmm. I could throw faster than that. You know, because oh, no, if, they're throwing, that... if they're throwing 98 heaters on the mound, I could surely be throwing 80 something. That yeah, but that's, of... your, that's your top pitchers. So like high schoolers and stuff like that. You know, if you're throwing over 85, you're going to college. You know what I mean? That's pretty like, sweet, yeah. yeah. But I, I was, you know, I just kind of put it in perspective for me. Like, okay, well, yeah. I didn't, I can't throw it as fast as I thought I could, obviously. Oh, yeah. I think the fastest oh. ball I've ever thrown, and I used to pitch. Of course, I quit before I got, like, developed in, in Manly. But I think the fastest I had ever thrown back then was, like, 45. And I thought it was just smoking. But there were already kids throwing, like, 60. And I realized <laughs> this isn't. I'm not the guy. Well, you and, you, and, and right. you realize that's uh, rigged, right? You know, so it's probably not even representative of what you're really throwing. Just mm. like they do the milk bottles, they fill the bottom with lead, you know, like every year, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Right. All those but, carnival games are rigged. Oh, yeah. They're there to win, baby. I mean, but, I, I missed the, bo- uh, what was his name? Was it Bozo or Bobo? Bobo the Clown? Bozo yeah, the clown. I have no clue. Sure. He was too offensive, so they finally removed him from the fair. Oh, did they? Yes, because mm-hmm. I was there a few years back, and he was ripping some people oh, some yeah. new ones. I think they. Finally, I know who you're talking about. I think yeah. they finally because back in the day, like back in the early '90s when we were kids, man. Oh was man, ruthless, ruthless. Yeah. So uh, yeah, they finally got rid of that guy. Yeah, he might refer to somebody's gender wrong. That is in a lot of trouble. <laughs> oh, he he'd do more than that. <laughs> I know. <I'm> just <laughs> oh my gosh. And my dad was the type of guy he hated stuff like that. Like he liked listening to it and laughing. But, but he didn't whatever, want to get picked. He always got picked too. Like it didn't mm-hmm. matter where we went. One time we went to this Mexican restaurant, this is a side story, and they had a puppet show, right? Mm-hmm. For all the kids. And they had mm-hmm. this puppet come out that was like roasting the crowd. Oh and yeah. Sure enough, boom, he, he roasted my dad right there <laughs> on the deal. And my dad just slipped out the back. He couldn't take it. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Nice. If you've ever been just sitting at the dinner table, you finish up dinner, clean it up. And just think, man, I wish I could just go out and have a good time at the bar right now. Mm-hmm. This is a good product for you, okay? So the Bar Morel Pool and Dining Table. So this is actually a dining table that goes in your kitchen. Okay. And then you can flip the whole thing over and it becomes a pool table. So oh. it says this is the pool, the perfect table for pool sharks who want to look classy in front of the guests. The elegant dining table would impress even the most distinguished guests, but turns into a pool table in seconds. So it says, do not get too excited because this ain't cheap. It sells for about $5,400. Jeez. Wow. It's not easy. Not an easy table to find either. How do you flip so, it? How do you flip it over? You it's actually, yeah, here's the deal. And that's probably why, because it's authentic. It's not like... You know they make the the really toy kid ones that are like yeah, the yeah, yeah. plastic. Yeah. No, this is realistic and it it actually like is on pivot. So there's like you flip it. Mm. The frame is its right, own right, frame, right. right? And you right. like flip it like a chalkboard or like a you know. Right. Like that makes sense on the pole. So yeah. it's probably really well built, and that's why it's that expensive. Yeah, um, people, a lot of people don't realize why why are pool tables so heavy. It's not the wood. I mean, the wood is heavy because they build them strong, but it is the, uh, what do you call it? Um, slate. Underneath that felt is slate stone. Yeah. And that's what makes them so freaking heavy. Yeah. I moved a couple of pool tables and 
Jeez. Got my yeah, fingers a couple times. It's not fun. Not fun, yeah. I feel like so far we just need to call this uh, Hunter's Luxurious Gadgets and Gifts because <laughs> yeah. expensive items on the table tonight. Heck yeah. Only the best for my guests. <laughs> All right, so the next one um, isn't as expensive. I mean, it's a little pricey for what it is probably, but it's something that I would love to have at work, and it's called the Executive Batting Practice. Um, if you can't get away from the office and join in for some batting cages, we'll look no further. The executive batting practice is a pitching machine that, toss, that tosses wiffle balls, and it comes with its own bat. So, I mean, there's been plenty of times where I've just wanted to, you know, hit something at the warehouse, and then I have a little <laughs> mm-hmm. broomstick, and somebody throws me a piece of paper. But if I had this sucker, I could just set it up, you know, at the end of the day and, and, and swing away, smack a couple, you know. So does it shoot them out at you? Yeah. It looks like uh, the base is plastic. Now, I don't know that for sure. I'm seeing one like that, too. It's got little white plastic balls. This one's called Franklin Sports MLB, electronic baseball mm-hmm. pitching machine. It's got a little well, silver base. How much yeah, is that yeah. one for? It says on mine 24, but. Okay. Yeah, this one's 29. Yeah, not too bad. That'd be a good one to get fun. your kid, like your young kiddos yeah. that are just getting in the ball, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get them used to it. You can have backyard, backyard wiffle ball games with this thing. Nobody okay. has to pitch. Mm-hmm. True. You know, that was always a struggle is, you know, playing with the cousins is somebody couldn't pitch and it took forever because they were outside the whole time and inside Mm -hmm. the whole time. So anyways, yep, that is it for today. And this, this list is ginormous. So I'm sure we will revisit this sometime. All right. There you go, guys. Some summer fun right there. Get your wiffle ball machine. Mm hmm. He says mean? wiffle ball machine because that was the cheapest item on the list that Hunter gave us. <laughs> the only, the only no. thing under 150 bucks. <laughs> no, look, you, it's the only reason I didn't mention that Porsche sled is because it's summertime, and you <clears> mentioned <throat> summer fun. Because if it was wintertime, I'd say get you that Porsche sled because that thing was sweet. Well, if you're in Canada, oh yeah, as, well, in, I mean, in the Canada, in the Canada. <laughs> Woo, we're on a roll. Uh, Are you guys ready to compete? I'm ready. Ryan versus ready. Mano y Mano. Oh, it's just a 2B. I get it. Tired of getting beat. Getting that little butt beat by Ryan lately. No, that was one game. Yeah, Yeah, I get it. No big deal. Okay, we're moving on. It's time, ladies and gentlemen, for Name That Game. Is it real or is it fake? You're going to name the game. We're going to decide if it's real or fake. I'm actually just going to, we're going to do, I'm going to give you a description and then you tell me if it's real or fake, you know. Oh, so Name That Game has nothing to do with it. I was already going to make fun of your name for the game that we're playing right now. So you don't even have hunters to them. No. Yeah, hunters are so much better. And then not only is your game not good, you named it something that we're not doing. Well, you can't so, say it's not good. You haven't even played it yet. No, I didn't say your game isn't good. I said the name. Oh, the name, name of the, the game. game. Yeah. Yeah. I only have 10, game, uh, 10, 10 questions for you. So if you okay. tie it up, yeah. you're screwed. That's all right. That's all, that's all you get. So how it's going to work is I'm going to give you the description of the game, and then you're going to say real or fake. 
pretty simple. Pretty simple. Rules are simple. We got 10 of them. Here we go. Question one or description number one. Our first game sets players in a world where humanity has vanished. You start out as some of nature's most vicious predators. A Pomeranian and a a small silka deer. Don't ask Hmm. me what a silka deer is. They're a little tiny, little like almost dog-sized deer. There you go. Mm -hmm. Your character is forced to find food, shelter, and... Kind of like a deep dick or a dick dick, depending on where you're coming from. You know what I'm talking about? A deep dick or a dick dick? Yeah. Yeah. A dick dick's a small deer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We're there. I'm with you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So you start off as a Pomeranian or a A deep dick deer. Yeah. A little tiny deer. So your character is forced to find food, shelter, and has to mate. Got to procreate, baby. All right. With another deer or with a chihuahua? <laughs> I think uh, let's just, uh, for our mind's Assume. sake, let's say it's the same another deer. Same okay. deer, same Species. Pomeranian. Yep. All right. So as you progress, you gain experience, which allows you to unlock more threatening animals to play. The setting of the game is in downtown Tokyo. The name of this game is Tokyo Jungle. Is this real or is this fake? So are you guys ready? I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready, bro. All right, here we go. On three. One, two, three. It's real. real. Boom. 100% real. You've seen this game. Yeah, Hunter talked about I it. Before. Think I think I have. I was gonna yes. say I thought he talked about it, but but what really gave it away to me is that it was such a weird game, and then you said it took place in Tokyo, and then automatically I was like, uh, okay. I don't think Hunter ever talked about it before. I just felt like I'd make you feel better. I felt saying. like Hunter may have. So you saying that? I have. Think, did he? It sounded familiar to me when you were talking about it. So, well, it is real. It was released on the PS3 and the Vita. Hmm. Also, guys, there is no statue of limitations on these games, okay, as far as time goes. So, it can be old, it can be new. Oh, okay. yeah, you're I, what you mean. I was like, <laughs> I had no clue what he meant. I was like, all right. <laughs> all right, cool. next one. This next game is a Christian-based game. It has three different game modes within it. Okay. There is Noah's Ark, in which players collect animals and food throughout the level and transport it back to the ark. You can use an object to knock out animals and there's a barrel you can collect fruits uh, with. There's also the other mode, which is uh, you play the baby Moses game. Okay. Mm. In this mode, you play as baby Moses' sister and protect her from Pharaoh's wrath. You know, his decree of killing all the firstborn kiddos. All right. Okay. Um, that's the second game. And then the last mode you're going to play is David. You're going to play David versus Goliath. Um, as David, you herd sheep. You avoid predators that try to kill your sheep. And eventually you get to take on the mighty Goliath. The name of this game is Bible Adventures. Is it wow, real very, or is very it fake? Creative. Let me ask a question. Yes. Can the name be wrong, but the rest of the game be real, and then it's still fake? No. Or- I okay, did not. No, I, did, okay. I didn't. I feel like that's a dirty tactic. If I, I just so switched the name. Yeah, but you're no. kind of a dirty player, so I just figured that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not ready. dirty. I'm ready to. Okay. Three, two, one. Fake. Real. Ooh. Ooh. Ready to go to divide. Ooh. I like it. Ryan takes the lead. That's a oh real game. Oh, my gosh. Are you you kidding know what? Me? You know what made me take the lead on that one? 
What? The fact that it was Moses's sister. Clint would not have thought of <laughs> Moses's sister and having to work from her role. I thought that was just too much. Just too so, deep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was too much. That was real. It was released on Nintendo back in 1991. Jeez. Wow. An old Nintendo game. Wow. Well, that's why I didn't know it was before I was born. I told you that. <laughs> I even gave you a hint before we did it, so there's no no yeah, time I restrictions. You know? I should have took that. Try to help you guys out a little bit. Jeez. But Ryan, Ryan's good, though. Sister, you're right. Yeah. yeah. I would have thought Moses was the only child. Game number three. This game is a zombie thriller that takes place, or places you, I should say, as a samurai. Not just any samurai. You play as a samurai who is a floating, disembodied head that is fighting mm. off the zombie horde. The horde arose from an alien-controlled meteorite that crashed into Earth and have now entered the city limits of Weirdville. The title of this classic zombie game is Zombie Nation. Is it real or is it fake? Okay, hold on. Time out. <laughs> whoa, whoa. How, well, how does a samurai head fight at all? And what makes it a samurai if it's only a head? You get what I'm saying? Like, what, are you holding a sword with your mouth? I mean, if you don't have hands, you're not a samurai. You can bite their brains out, you know? I guess your character used you're to be ghostly. a samurai. Yeah, you're ghostly. I'm ready. I'm you know? ready. Okay. I'm all right. Ready. Real or fake? Three, two, one. Fake. Real. Wow, Hunter, you were just wet in the bed over here. Ryan takes the lead again. How is that a real game? That's crazy. <laughs> it is a real game. It was the released. Town is called Weirdville. <laughs> it was released for the Nintendo back in 1990, Hunter. Oh wow! We just keep going this, back in time. This, see, these games sound like some indie games from Steam. Yeah, yeah right? somebody's making. It's crazy that those were real label games back in the day. Mm-hmm. It just shows Dang. you, like, they had to be real imaginative, I guess, with the, the narrative. Like, just yeah, be out there with it. Know. You'd probably play the game and have no idea that that's what Yeah, it just looks like a little head, you know? You yeah. Can't really, yeah. How are you going to Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So there you go, Zombie Nation. All right. Even the Hunter. name. Wow, you're going to go through all that creativity, and then that's your name, Zombie Nation? Right. Yeah. Right. Awful. That's why I thought Clinton made it up, honestly. Wow. <laughs> Love it. All right, here we go, Hunt Dog. This one, I feel like you're going to get it. In this game, you play as a nurse who works at a local hospital during the night shift. Your job is to keep your patients safe during the allotted amount of time given to you per level. Okay? This game starts off easy enough as you're given five minutes to attend to random patient call lights. The game increases in difficulty and presents various situations to handle including the uh, quick cleanup of soiled patients, rescuing patients from accidental fires, turning on essential equipment during random blackouts in the hospital, and more. The name of this challenging hospital simulation is known as Mercy's Midnight Madness. Is it real or is it fake? You know what this makes me think of? Overcooked, but for nurses. Yeah, I was thinking that too. All right, I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one. Fake. Real. Hunter's right. It's fake. I made it uh, up. I just, at that point, I had to commit to the fake. Because you've been doing fake all so night. Long. He's like, eventually See, he's going to do something. I same. went real because I didn't think Clint would make something up that has to do with his industry. Yeah. Well, yeah, I kind of, that's we, what. 
that threw me for a second. Like maybe that's why he did this. And I knew yeah. there, and I knew there's hospital simulators out there. Like you can do the strategy ones, and you got right. the there is. simulator. Yeah. So I was right. just thinking that was too too real, too too close to what you got, and it was too overcooked. Yeah. You know what I mean, so <laughs> but I that's like, kind of yeah. how I imagined it though. Like that'd be a pretty sweet game. Right. If right. you're just playing these random nurses, just running through the hospital chaos. Right. Right. Here we go. Fifth game. It's uh, Hunter 2, Ryan 3, for those of you listening. It's not the fifth game. It's just the fifth. Oh, yeah. I get it. It's a game. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm here. Yep. He's, he's back, ladies and gentlemen. This game is a lower-budget lower horror title that places the player as a trapped character in a scary old house. To escape, you must solve puzzles, stay silent, and avoid the elderly female villain who is on the hunt. You must survive and escape within five days. This game is known as Granny. Is it real or is it fake? I'm ready. All right. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm going to guess. You ready, Hunter? Okay. Three, two, one. Real. Real. Good job. I figured Hunter probably knew this one. I wasn't 100% sure, but. I 100% knew that was a real game. I was trying to throw Ryan off. Oh, no, you did? Well, this guy. I watched gameplays on it. Well, I know Hunter's the horror movie or the horror game, like indie stuff. He watches mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. He keeps me up on what's what's new. Gotcha. All right. I get you. You just fed him a freebie so he'd have a chance to win. I get it. Uh, I don't know. Because I mean, you you said real too, so it just kind of it didn't shift. Yeah, anything. about two seconds after I said real, also. It's I mean, true. I... He did. He did pause. <laughs> he did pause. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Question number six. And yes. it's tight, baby. Ryan four, Hunter three. I mean, it's it's a barn burner. All right, here we go. This comedic and crude game puts the players in control of a human sperm cell. <laughs> the game is simply a race through the female reproductive system to the womb. And it's a fight for survival. The player battles battles it out with other cells that wish to see it destroyed. As you move through the 2D platformer, players can wield ridiculous weapons such as assault rifles, rocket launchers, and yes, even flamethrowers. The enemies fight with similar weapons, and each level completed reveals a sperm cell boss, or as they're called, super sperm bosses. Hmm. And uh, these bosses have special abilities. The game only consists of five levels, but the levels are randomly generated, which offer a different challenge each time you play. Okay. The name of this game is Sperm Wars, The Last Hope. Wow. Right? All right. I'm ready. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Three, two, one. Real. Fake. Ah, uh, No, that can't be fake because I played that game. You must have played one like it. Did you, you must... play that off of some other game? No. Made oh, it completely see, out of I my head. I couldn't remember the name. We played, but I played, we played Worms. Just... No, There's got to be something like that that exists, Ryan. That is yeah, probably it was a, I'm it sure was there's a, probably a sperm cell game, right? I mean, I'm sure there's some It was a browser kind of... game that I played back at high school in computer lab. Oh, I remember okay. playing it in class, like hoping I'm not getting caught. Did you fight it out with uh, weapons and stuff? I, yes, there were weapons. Yes, I don't remember the bosses though. I wasn't sure on that, but there was definitely mm-hmm. weapons. Like you had little lasers and 
guns okay. and i don't know for sure about a flamethrower but it sounds so close to the real thing i had to go with it so that sucks uh well that was completely out of my mind i didn't know it existed if it mm-hmm. does so you'll have to you'll have to look it up and let us know yep, yep. but uh no score on that zero to zero number game number seven in this game you play as a detective who is investigating the di- disappearance of a local boy by the name of dominique Your investigation has led you to an abandoned shack that consists of dusty antiques and some old diary pages. These pages reveal clues to the player. As you progress through the game, supernatural events begin to take place, and the player has to determine what is real and what is hallucinations. Um, This is achieved by the player making critical decisions during various cutscenes throughout the game. In the end, you discover the missing persons have been consumed by a shape-shifting well named Gene. The name of this game is The Diary of Gene. Is it real or is it fake? Let me know when you're ready. Mm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Are you? All right. Three, two, one. Fake. Real. Wow, really, Ryan? Mm-hmm. Well, you would be wrong. That's fake. I meant that. Uh, I was thinking of the the song "Diary of Jane." <laughs> yeah, I yeah. thought that's probably in Clinton's head, and he just made up that because it's subconsciously no, in his head. Actually, I thought of the serial killer. Um, I think it's Ed Gein or Ed Gene. Oh and yeah, he, and he's what Leatherface is based off of. And I just Ooh. thought, oh, that's a cool name. Anyway, it's tied up. Okay, so I don't know if this is the game or not, or if it's just the new version of kind of like it, uh, but the name sounds familiar. He's going to tell the me great, there's another game just like it. The Great Sperm Race. <laughs> okay. I don't know if that's that same game okay. or not. but The Great Sperm Race. That's yep. funny. And when I met it okay. up in my head, I was like, I'm sure there's something spermy out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in gaming, right? This is like back in the day, you know, when stick death was real popular and all yeah. that stuff. I, on I played Motherload. Remember Motherload? The little mining mm-hmm. game. That was a fun yep. one. Yeah, there were some good browser games out there back in the day. It's tied up four to four. And we got three okay. questions left or three games left, we should say. I'm just throwing it away. That's what's going <sighs> on. I know. All right, here we go. That last one just seemed way too in-depth for you. So you're doing a good job here. Oh, Hunter, Hunter Peg did. But... Yeah, yeah. He's just using simple songs and things to try to catch Mm -hmm. him up, I guess. All right. This game, uh, you play as Michael Jackson. The game is real simple. You save little kids hiding in closets, and you fight criminals with smooth dance skills. The ridiculousness of this game is only amplified when you use Jackson's special move, which forces all enemies on the screen to break dance into a serious dance sequence. Is it the crotch grab? Yes, there is a crush grab. The name of this beauty is Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. Is this real mm. or is this fake? Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready too. All right, three, two, one. Real. Real. Ooh, good job. So this one was real. It was released in, on the Sega back in the Dizay. I think I remember that one. I remember the name Moonwalker. Is the only reason mm-hmm. I went with real. Okay, okay. Because I thought the whole saving kids in closets was definitely uh, creepy. 
Yeah. So for them weird. to put that in a Michael Jackson game doesn't really help his image, does it? No. It's uh, probably pre him getting in trouble. Probably. Probably. All right. Game number nine. You guys are going to have to figure out something out here. Someone's going to take the lead. The next game allows players to walk through a dream world of nightmares. The, The dreams change depending on numerous factors that you may never be able to repeat exactly in any playthrough, which can create a unique experience every time. Sometimes that that experience may be pretty creepy. There may be demons floating by or eyes popping out of the walls staring at you. You can never be sure what to expect unless you're expecting strangeness. The name of this game is LSD. You see in the sky with diamonds. Are you guys ready? Is Clinton making up another one on a song? Why why is it going to go back to songs? Why is it going to go back to songs? I'm ready. Okay. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Real. Real. Oh, you guys are good. Have you seen this one? No. No? Why did you think so? The name. LSD? Mm Mm-hmm. You've seen it before? The game itself itself didn't seem like it had anything to do with tripping or drugs, other than it was a dream world. Mm Mm-hmm. But it just didn't seem like, even if you had made up that definition, I don't think your mind would have went to LSD. So that's why that's what that's okay. what gave me the yes. Hunter, what was your reasoning? Because I've already covered this game on a game that I did on this podcast. Oh, really? <laughs> there you go. Boom. Yeah. I don't I th- even remember. I that. thought you had when I saw it, and I was like, I'm pretty sure, but I don't remember how long ago it was. So I was gonna try to slip it past you. Mm-hmm. Uh, did not work. It was actually on the game that I did. Is this a real game or not? Oh, really? Yeah. So really, you've given Hunter two freebies. So I'm ahead by two. <laughs> I'm just glad to hear it. <laughs> Just because I studied for the test doesn't mean I cheated. All right. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right, here we go. It was released on the PlayStation back in 1998, if you're wondering, Ryan. Okay. Fail Last on my one. part. Fail on my part. Here we go. They're going to tie it up. They're gonna. One's going to pause, and the other one's going to say the same answer, so we have a tied-up <laughs> game. I'm not doing that. And there's. No... Oh, so you're going for the competitiveness. I'll take a loss over that. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, well, here we go. I don't even think me and Hunter even think about cheating like that. I think you're the only one that even thinks about it. Right. I know you, Ryan. I know you. All right. Here we go. The 10th game in the series. This game places you in the... (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. Uh, This game places you in the shoes of Hogan. Hogan is a sumo wrestler on a mission. You take your wealth from sumo wrestling and decide to head to Las Vegas to test your luck. Or your gut. The game is a test of reflexes as Hogan consumes food from various buffets throughout the city of Las Vegas. If you make too much of a mess, you're kicked out of the establishment. The game is all about hitting the right buttons on your controller at the right time as the food keeps flying faster and faster. The fun arcade game is known as Hogan Takes Vegas. Is this real or is this fake? Mm. As Ryan interrupted me, <laughs> I'm ready. Ready to Ooh, win this. He's thing. ready, baby. Hunter? Me too. Let's go. All right. Three, two, one. Fake. Real. Oh, there it is. <laughs> oh, man. Hunter takes it. Hunter. No, he takes didn't. It. It's fake. No, he didn't. It's fake as fake gets. 
You did not make that one up. I made it up, son. That that was too good. You know what I, I even played off of the that even played off the kind of games that are coming from the nineties. Like that mm-hmm. felt like a ninety game for sure. Do you oh, know yeah. why I went with fake? Why? why? I went with fake because Clinton is a huge wrestling fan, and the main main guy's name was Hogan. Well, that was my first instinct, but then the game was just too good. Like hey. right from the beginning, when he said that, I thought, "Oh, it's fake." But <laughs> then as he got into it, and he's a he's eating the food, and the button mashing, I said, "That seems like a '90s game for sure. Like it's, yeah. that's a real game." And that got me good. Hey, I even thought about that too when I was making it up. I thought, should I use the name Hogan? Because they might bite on that. But then you so. use the reverse psychology, and you think. But maybe they won't bite on it because they think that's too obvious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I've been on it. And then I thought Hogan, that's a good 90s name for a game, too. Like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. or like 80s, 90s, Hogan. No, the name was great. Hogan Takes Vegas. That's good. Yep. Great name. Yeah, it was good. Well, Hunter Takes. On that, one. that was on the wire. That was a good game. That's a good yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's something out there that's uh, similar to it, though. As Basically, we'll we're out. just saying I lost again. No big deal. Yeah. It's all right. What's funny you're still, is you're still I, I, beating Clinton. So. I think I faked. I think I faked Ryan out on every game I made because I no. faked him out on the nursing one. I faked him out on on Sperm Wars, the Last Hope, and yep. then I yeah. But I he definitely he definitely got you on the ones you didn't make because he knew. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. yeah How yeah, many yeah. did you make up? I only made up. Let's see. Let me count them up. Because those three Four. I definitely missed. One, Hogan and that one. And two. That one. Oh, I got you on Gene, the Diary of Gene. Mm-hmm. Got you on that one too. I think I'm four so out of four. On every one of them. You I were think, four, four. Yeah, I think I'm four out of four yeah, of them. That's a good one. Yeah, you did good. You did good. What I'm I find with you. Ryan is the more detail I can uh, sprinkle in, the more it gets him because he thinks I'm just this dull, mm-hmm. non-descriptive person. Lazy. Mm-hmm. No, ah. no, no, no. I know you're going to try harder on your descriptions. It's the direction that the descriptions went that mm-hmm. got me. This the the sperm one got me because I thought it was a real game that I played. So that one was an automatic. You're right though. On the the one with the with the uh what was the one that he said you made off of a song? Diary of Jane. Diary. Yeah, that, that one was too much. It was just too much. I, I thought no. He didn't do that on this one. Yeah. But then the last one was just good. It wasn't because of detail or yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's just a gift. It was fun. It was good. Now I want to see those games made, right? Now I want to go play those. Yeah. Well, yeah. We should find a game developer that'll help us. I don't want to play Diary of Gene, though. That one was... Yeah, that's trippy. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd probably get tired of Hogan Takes Vegas, too, after a while. Yeah, but not if you were a little kid. It'd be super fun. That'd be a good one. Yeah. I don't know. If somebody like uh, the guy who did Ducks in Space did it, it might be kind of cool. Hey, you know what? You know what made me think of that Hogan Takes Vegas, just so people know the inspiration on that one? There was a game at the same Mexican place that had the puppet show. They had this Mm -hmm. arcade game of this big, um, overweight... Um, you talking about Casa Benitas? Yeah, and she had yeah. her, she had a huge mouth, and you just throw these balls at her, try to get in it, like you know, score. Yeah, and that was like the whole thing. She had teeth, I guess, that kind of came down, and you had to like yeah. get through the teeth. So or... this was a this is a Mexican place that had arcade games in it. Yes, Casa Benitas. They had everything. Bro. They, they had, had everything. They had buffet. They had caves. Like yeah. you just go and like like eat in the caves. Yeah, and you had like these little you had these little flags that you raised, and if the flag was up, they'd bring you some more tacos and stuff. Yep, it was all you could eat. And then they had like little toys and stuff that would like fly through the air above you that were on like ropes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, little little puppets that were like riding on strings across like a little circus Uh or something. Yeah, 
It was a crazy place. It was. And then, and then they closed it down, and then they opened it as a club. I think it was a nightclub with oh, like really? different scenes. Yep. Oh, okay. And then they opened it back up for like a year as Casa Bonita again. Wasn't the same though, was it? And then no, it wasn't the same. And then it closed down. Oh, yeah. and they had a treasure room for the kids. So like, you would uh, I forget how you got the tickets, but you get these little coupon type deals, and you get to go and go to the treasure room and whatever you drew, then you get that kind of prize or whatever. Maybe it was from the maybe it was from the arcade. I don't know. It was a huge place too, like a warehouse. I mean, it was yeah, it was huge for it a restaurant. Up, it was really took big. up took up almost a whole shopping center. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like a shopping center, yeah, it was pretty sweet. Well, hey, that was a well played game. It was a good night of podcasting. I think. Um, oh yeah. So if that you guys good. if you guys want to support the show, check us out over on Patreon slash Delirious Dads Gaming. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to Slide hit us, us some up. bills. Yeah. Don't forget to hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and the Instagram, as they say. And as uh, they say. As they yeah. say. And then go check out Ryan's uh his daughter has a uh YouTube channel. Yeah, I have been sucking at that. You know, I've been so <laughs> okay. busy these last couple of weeks with everything going on with trying to get this house ready that it's been like two, maybe three weeks now of no new YouTube video. And mm. Rory's definitely like, uh, Dad, you're dropping what's the ball. Happening? You're yeah, I'm ball, like, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. That's why we started with your channel and not mine. <laughs> oh, well, it's it's fun with Rory. You guys can go check yes. it out. Ages four yeah. to like twelve. Yeah, Should it's got some good, good kid activities on there, and it'll have more coming very soon. We're just about done with this house stuff, and then we'll be able to settle that stuff. Yeah, get some yep. stuff rolling more like normal. But yeah, it's good. It's good, guys. Thank you for uh, listening, and stay delirious. Stay daddy. Stay gaming. This has been a Delirious Dads production. For more information about the show, visit our website at www.deliriousdadsgaming.com. You can also find us on facebook.com slash deliriousdadsgaming, twitch.tv, and YouTube. Make sure you like and share our pages to help us grow the channel. You can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Please leave a rating and review if you enjoy the show. Thank you again for listening, and we hope to see you next time.